This episode is powered by Safety FM. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how to set up a responsible COVID-19 event. So I believe in my heart of hearts that you can open up the country, whatever country you're in, hold events and still have a responsible response to the SARS-CoV-2 virus that leads to the COVID-19 disease. It is possible. If you really think about it, you want to make sure that you can have the economy start and keep your business going, especially if you're like me where you do a lot of events, but you still have to think about the people participating in the event that you're hosting. It's a social responsibility. It's something that I believe in. So therefore, I'm passing it on to you. All right. So this is some key ways for you to hold socially responsible events, live or online. We'll talk about both. All right. So we will get to this after a word from my sponsor. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information, don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus, and this is the show that teaches you the business of being a safety consultant And I'll just like to welcome you to this podcast today. I'm actually out doing a job in Jacksonville. Some of you know that I am an instructor for the Alliance Safety Council with the Certified Occupational Safety Specialist Program. I'm physically doing a class, and this is my first class that I'm physically doing since we've had the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S. So it's kind of got me thinking about how am I going to host my own events and what I think I would do, what I require, and uh, how I feel would be like a socially responsible way for me to do an event. So I thought, well, I could share this with you guys. It's something that will be uh, probably on your mind as well. So I was really kind of considering one of the the things that I, I do often, and that was webinars. So I do a lot of webinars. I also have a Zoom account. I've been doing a Zoom account for so long uh, because a lot of people are now on the Zoom bandwagon. I hear Zoom this and Zoom Zoom that, and it's a punchline and uh, shows and everything now. I was actually doing Zoom two years ago, and 
the reason why is when my wife and I sold our home to live our RV life, I needed to have a way to reach out to my customers and clients. So therefore, I created the Zoom, uh, or I should say, I didn't create Zoom. <laughs> Imagine that, creating Zoom. Give me ball in dollars. So no, I did not create Zoom. Let's get that rumor out. But I set up my Zoom and got a Zoom account at that time. And I've been using it ever since. Uh, the business account, not the free version. So I, I have extra features. And I have really gone to using that one for most of my meetings. And if you go to sheldonprimus.com backslash booking, uh, you'll see where you could book me. If you uh, I do offer a free 15 minute, um, just a little consultation or just a conversation if you want to do that, it's through that booking uh, site. So what I do is as soon as someone books it, it sets up a Zoom conference. And then from there, uh, the Zoom will you know take over. I'll get a little notice in my calendar, my public calendar. And then I know I've got someone that I'm going to end up speaking with later on. So that's one way to hold an event or even a conversation with somebody. And you're keeping your physical distance. I am starting to like really resent the term social distancing. Uh, I'm using physical distancing instead of social distancing. So if you've heard social distancing for so much, I'm using the word physical distancing instead of social that's just me because you can still be social from apart and close. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so therefore, uh, I'm using that term physical distancing, which we should. So in order for me to really um, just do justice, let's say it that way, to do justice to this conversation, we're going to have to think of a few things, right? So some of the things we're really going to have to think of is right now, what are they saying are the ways that you can get the SARS COVID-2 virus that can cause COVID-19 disease. So they're still saying the number one way is gonna be through aerosol, breathing in this virus through someone that is symptomatic or asymptomatic. And um, I believe just yesterday and at the time of this recording, it's June 11th, but I believe that the World Health Organization has gone back on their recommendation or let's just say their theory right now that asymptomatic people can spread the virus. Uh, so they're on and off and on and off again with that uh, recommendation. But right now they're saying that uh, though it still seems to be something that they need to figure out is how much or how it, it happens, how often it happens. They're saying that it is still possible that an asymptomatic, someone that is not showing symptoms, can still be a spreader of this virus. So therefore, uh, that's one of the ways that we know that it's going to spread. The other one is touch. And once you touch something, you get the virus on you from uh, a contaminated source. You touch your eyes, you touch your nose, you touch your mouth. And now you can actually uh, give yourself the virus, contracted the virus that way. So uh, truly what that means is it's either going to be coming in through absorption into your eyes, into your mucous membrane, or if you're swallowing it, I think that's ingestion. 
uh, is normally what it is unless it's absorbing into uh, your body before you know I, I don't know that part that part I really need to to talk to somebody who who understands epidemiology and how uh, this virus is spread so I'm really just thinking two major ways and that is the uh, inhalation hazard and then the absorption hazard so if that's the case then the number one way they're saying that you can protect yourself is through wearing a face mask and if two people are wearing face masks then that's even better but if it's one person wearing a face mask and one person without that's still some protection but if two people aren't wearing face masks then there is no protection at all so you go to plan b and plan b is physical distancing right so the physical distancing part is going to be one meter three feet away is what they're saying the transmission level is so therefore they want to put a little safety factor on that thing and they're saying let's stay six feet away from each other but if there's a violent sneeze or something like that it's going to reach that six foot mark uh, so you would have to make sure you catch that sneeze as quickly as possible and you want to catch it through your sleeve not on your hand or you're going to have, like me, I'm old school. I carry a handkerchief everywhere I go, right? So old school guys, uh, we, we got handkerchiefs. So I got my handkerchief everywhere. So if I sneeze, I grab that thing out as soon as I feel it. And if I'm not wearing a mask, I'm sneezing right into that thing. So if you're sneezing, it's coming out of your nose and your mouth at the same time. And then if somebody's close enough that they're going to get that in their eyes or in their nose or in their face or whatever then that's where that virus is going to travel, right? So uh, reopening for America has been the thing lately. And I'm in Florida, and Florida has been reopening in the last week, I think, or ever since uh, June 2nd. Uh, the, every new daily toll has been over 1,000 cases. So we were under 1,000 cases for a while, and then we started reopening. And then the cases shot up uh, and the reopening, I believe, started back in May, phase one, and it's been phased in a little, little bit at a time. So therefore, you know, now that we're in the second going into the third phase of reopening, the numbers have spiked. So therefore, we're having more people going out and getting out of isolation into their workplace, into the marketplaces, into the restaurants, into the bars, into the gyms, all the places that are reopened right now. And that means if you're going to start going back to work, and for me, work is sometimes dealing with clients one-on-one, -on -one, and work can also be like what I'm doing this week, training in a physical location. So for me, this is my plan, and I am going to be hosting an event online very soon so first plan first thought of action is if i'm hosting something i'm going to try to find number one a way to do it online that's going to be my first thought because it does suit my lifestyle but also uh, i believe that it is the safest way to do it training right now can be done virtually i know there's a little mishap or a misstep sometimes or you feel like it's just not the same if you're doing it online versus physically being there yes that's true yeah you are gonna have that difference and therefore it's up to me as the presenter 
to, you know, suck you in, make you feel like you're being part of this and, and going ahead and, you know, getting you to, to feel like you're in the experience with me as opposed to just watching me statically without interacting because that's what we're getting when we're physically in a class is that interaction. So therefore, it's up to me as the instructor to kind of like, hey, let's do this together. Let's do a breakout session or uh, let's do something similar to that. Let's do polling or let's do something else. And it's going to jog you back in and it's going to be a collaborative uh, event, not just you listening to a boring humdrum presentation because you're going to be out. Uh, so I have one coming up right now, sheldonprimus.com backslash live. I'm going to do three days, July 28th, 29th, 30th. And those three days are going to be me going over the safety consultant blueprint course with 15. That's it. 15 people. Uh, and we're going to do this just intensively. So I say that because that could be part of the strategy. So instead of trying to get as many people crammed into a Zoom room as possible, which I believe is 100, you know, you don't want to do that. Go ahead and make it smaller events. Unless you can manage that, you might have several people helping you manage it. Okay, more power to you. But I'm doing an event 15 people max because I could focus in on 15 people. And we are going to make sure that I'm going to give them an event for them and for their career and it's going to make them money. So I'm going to have a period throughout every session that we're going to have a question and answer time. So again, what you're doing here is you're going to make sure that the experience online is going to be as good as the experience that they're going to have if they do this live. So therefore, that is a way for you to just safely carry the message, safely do work and do business without spreading the COVID. Uh, or to say SARS uh, COVID-2, which is the disease, the virus that causes the disease COVID-19. So that's the first and foremost way to do it. If you can't do it, do it online. If you can't, and that's, you know, this week, I know I can't. So here's a few things that you can do. It really depends on if you're hosting it or if you're going to someone else and you're just a contract instructor. So let's try it by contract instructor first. So if you're a contract instructor, you're going to fall under whatever their rules and regulations are. So some places are going to have where before you walk in, you're going to have a temperature screen, and then you're also going to have some sort of questionnaire. And this questionnaire has got to be filled out as to basically it's contact tracing-ish. It just wants to make sure that uh, you personally take an inventory of who you've been around and then disclose if there's anything that you personally feel could be a symptom of COVID-19. And that screening should be done every day if you're doing a multi-day class. And then also the temperature check. If someone's running a temperature, then they're symptomatic. If they're not running a temperature, they could still uh, spread the disease by being asymptomatic. So therefore, it is a you know, bare, bare minimum if you're going to do temperature. So then at that time, you screen someone's temperature. If they're running over the normal 98.7 or 98.9, high fever is what you're looking for according to COVID. Because I know if you run a low-grade fever, you're not going to feel well. 
but that doesn't mean you have COVID. Right now, it's the high uh, fever, and that's when you're definitely symptomatic. So in those cases, then you could actually, whatever choice you have, well, this is not your event, so at this point, then whatever the protocol of that place is, follow that protocol. So that's the, the uh, idea behind that. So now that you're, uh, you're actually at someone else's location, they've done that part, you can control the physical distance of each employee, or excuse me, of each attendee to your event or to the event if it's someone else. You gotta remember, we're doing someone else first, so to the event. So that means you have to make sure that there's, uh, or you could request that maybe it's a reduced size class or a bigger room. It's two ways of doing it, right? Reduce the size of the class. No one wants to do that because it's money. So let's get into a bigger room. Give us the biggest room that we can have that's available so we could have physical distancing amongst all of the students. You can make masks available to them. For me, I wear a mask every time I'm outside of that room, uh, walking in a corridor, going corridors, going outside. And then when I'm in the room, I'm behind the desk and I instructed the students on day one that on breaks, I'm going to be wearing my mask. And then uh, they've all been respectful as far as how close to get to me if they need to ask questions or hand me a paper. So let's say someone's handing me a paper. They're handing me this paper. And as long as they didn't sneeze or whatever into their hands, you know, that paper should be good. But what I do is I'll grab the paper, I'll put it on the desk, grab that hand sand and wipe my hands up anyway. So now I've got some protection there. If they're coming up to me and they're talking to me, sometimes I physically put my head down or I'll hold my breath. I don't know how good that is, but I'm doing it anyway, just so I'm not inhaling this. And I know there's micro droplets out there, so... Uh, micro droplets may be another conversation. I don't want to get the uh, deep dive into this when I'm giving you guys a, a broad stroke brush on this. But yes, there are such things as micro droplets where the actual the virus will hide on a droplet of uh, moisture from someone's mouth, respiratory droplets, and then just linger in the air sometimes for hours. So yes, I'm aware of that. And I personally like to have the door open time to time so what i do is i truly just hold my breath i don't make it seem like i'm really holding my breath but i just do it you know subtly and then after that what i'm doing is you know once they're gone further enough then i'll start breathing again hoping that no micro droplets are going to get me so that's truly what i'm doing and then within the class let's say it's uh i want to go back there and get some coffee or something I have my classroom set up in a U-shape. So basically I could walk through the middle and I, I just told the class, I said, hey, I am probably the highest spreader if I was symptomatic or asymptomatic. So therefore, uh, and the reason why I say that is as a speaker, you need to project your voice and get your voice out there. So you're using your diaphragm and you're going to talk and you get your voice out there. So therefore... That louder level of speaking, and that's a higher octave, not a louder level, but anyway, when you get that projection out there, the possibility is, is you're going to be 
spitting, respiratory droplets, whatever you're calling this. And uh, then that means that now you can be spreading more because you're talking more. You're talking more forcefully. So I walk in the middle of the class because I like walking in a class. To me, the podium is the kiss of death. I don't like the podiums. So I'll walk in the middle of the class and back. And the closest person to me is roughly about seven to eight feet away. So I'm not even on that person uh, whenever I have to like use a dry erase board or even back up so they can see the PowerPoint on the projector screen. All right, I'll back up. And uh, though I have to back away from the screen so someone could see it, whoever's the closest person next to me, I still have to be mindful of how close I'm getting to that individual. So I now don't become a spreader to that individual. I don't know. I I could have contacted uh, the SARS COVID too. I don't know. No one knows unless you've been tested, right? And then the test results, two weeks. Sometimes you get in a few days. I'm sure other countries may be getting it in hours. I don't know what we're getting here in Florida, but it may not be in enough time. So that's what it boils down to. So truly, I am going to use what's called universal precautions. That's the same thing like if you saw blood or a bodily fluid or something on the ground and you think of it in your mind like, I am not getting close to that. If I touch it, I am going to be uh, sick. I'm going to contact something. Uh, So therefore, you do what you need to do by wearing gloves or some sort of barrier or disinfectants or whatever you're going to do, sterilization, just to make sure that you are going to not come in contact with that potentially infectious material. I, on the other hand, take it a little step further, like any good safety professional should. And I truly think of airborne disease the same way as universal precautions for liquid bodily fluids. So I am going to think of it where if I'm talking to anybody or in that six foot range of anybody, they may be transmitting and I may be transmitting this virus to them. So I am going to do my best to stay a minimum of six feet away during this class. And I teach 40 hour classes. So that means for the whole week, I can't let my guard down once for a whole week. I got to be thinking of universal precautions for airborne disease. So it's, it's draining at times. It really is. But, you know, all it takes is one person, one time you're done. Yeah, so I really want to, and I'm not saying done as in death, I'm saying done as you can be uh, a carrier or you could contract uh, the SARS COVID too. So I don't want that. And I um, don't want to go even further and become COVID 19 positive as much as I could help it. So I'm going to think of that as universal precautions. I also brought all week my uh, UV wand so I could wand down things and make sure that they are uh, free of viruses because UVC light will kill uh, previous coronaviruses. So it's expected to kill this one as well. And it's killed the MERS uh, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome virus as well. So I bring my UVC wand with me and I use my UVC wand uh, over substances over desk, over uh, whatever. You can't put it on your skin and you can't look directly in your eyes or else uh, that's harmful for you and that's near UVC. So I really just, I'm very careful with that.
but I use that in my class. So let's take it to the next step. Let's say I am the host and I'm hosting it maybe even in a hotel or sometimes I do that or I'm hosting it um, at a safety council that I've been working with before. So if I'm the host, you better believe that I'm going to see if we're going to screen a minimum of temporal screening of uh, temperature and then also the actual questionnaires that we're going to do each and every day. I'm also going to set up where on the floor before the students come in while they're waiting for their temperature to be taken that there is some distancing between each student and then I'm going to have them fill out that questionnaire and then also I am going to be wearing my mask to introduce them into the class and I'll shake their hands and talk to them so uh, I'll be wearing my mask if I can request it where everyone's required to wear a mask I will do that but presenting I will have to present without my mask but if they're wearing their mask then we should be good and I that's the one I'm kind of tossing up. I, I got to be honest with you. That's the one I'm kind of tossing up. So if it's a one-time event, you know, and uh, let's say it's one-time event, eight-hour class. Okay, a mask isn't that bad for for one-time event, eight-hour class. If it's a 40-hour class, a mask every day for eight hours, I don't know, maybe. That's a shift for a medical professional that's going to have to wear it. And then uh, breaks. I am in my car. I take off my mask. And I'm just sitting there making my phone calls, checking my emails, everything else on the brakes in my car where I feel safe. So that's the way I'm doing it. And then if I need to sign the, the sign-in sheets or whatever, passing those around, UV wanding it. So if you have a student that actively has a cold or allergies or anything like that, you should watch out for that as well. So therefore, you may also need to, uh, to pay attention to that and just make sure that you're watching uh, what they're touching and all the other things related to that. And use your UVC wand if you got one or uh, hand sand. I've got the hand sand right on my uh, podium there and I'm using it often. I'm, I'm equipped with the hand sand. So that's the way that I would do it. I'm kind of thinking this one through. Make sure you're uh, placing your students where they are separate from each other when they're sitting. Uh, if you're doing breaks, I've been doing my breaks five minutes longer so uh, they can stagger in and out of the room as they're doing break. Uh, so I truly am thinking about long term, how am I going to do this more and more because I'm starting to see my calendar fill up. So I'm going to have to do this more and more. So I figured I'll just share this thing with you guys. Let you also know what my, my thought process on this. All right. <sighs> Gave you a lot there to process, didn't I? All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to go through the tip of the week. Have you been considering wanting to take the Safety Consultant Blueprint course online? Well, let me throw a monkey wrench into your thoughts. I am going to do a live three-day event on Zoom. It's going to be a workshop that is me walking you through this course step by step by step each day july 28th july 29th and july 30th from 9 a.m eastern standard time to 1 p.m eastern standard time we're going to have an intimate group of a maximum 15 participants so register today 
sheldonprimus.com backslash live for the safety consultant blueprint. So go to sheldonprimus.com backslash live and register today. All right, welcome back to this episode. And I would like to thank everyone so much for listening to this podcast. It's awesome that I've been doing it for so long. I'm getting close to that uh, 100 podcast mark. I'm in the 70s now, so I got to really think what I'm going to do when I get to that mark. But right now, if you haven't yet, can you please subscribe to this podcast? So wherever you're listening to me, get the subscribe button. And if you have a friend or a buddy or business partner, safety officer that you feel might really, really benefit from this one, share it with them as well. I would love to see if they could um, listen to it and let me know how I'm doing. Uh, Maybe it's something that will be wonderful for them. I hope. That's my hope. So send it to them. Let them uh, hear the Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus podcast and, uh, and hopefully it brings them some value. All right, so this is the tip of the week. The tip of the week is at all costs, try to do your own your own everything. <laughs> so in order for you to, to truly uh, go out there, make your rules, especially if it comes to events, you want to do that. So go ahead and, and, and do your own everything as much as you can. If you want to do the live events and physically be there, uh, one of the things I would say that you should probably do is go ahead and, and see if there's a legal or ramification or a legal thing that you need to do to make sure that you could collect any of the personal data that they're giving you in the daily uh, screening forms. Find out how you're going to uh, keep that safe and physically make sure that you're protected with your either your insurance or something with that kind of uh, information. And then secondly, another tip that I'm thinking of for you is uh, if you could do anything virtual, that's the best way to do it right now. So try to uh, build your virtual empire as best as you can. And then it's always a good idea to do free webinars or even a live, like a Facebook Live or Uh, some sort of live thing on your YouTube channel so that you could do a a, a quick little snippet and sometimes it could be longer but don't give away the farm but just do a nice little live um, interaction with your uh, audience so that they could see you and know you and get to say hey I like this guy maybe I want to do a conference with them so I did recently a round table and uh, I think it is on the safety consultant um youtube channel i'm pretty sure but you can see the live uh, roundtable event where it's me and it's also abby ferry from the safety justice league it's kevin yarbrough and it's uh he's my partner with shelbro safety and then it's jake wolfenden so together uh we're all talking about uh, getting the u.s economy back uh, and what to do with reopening safely. So it kind of piggybacks into this conversation that I had here. And there's a podcast version of it. So you can see the video version, you can see a podcast version. But the tip is, as all possible, try to 
get a system in place so you could be the provider for all those things. Uh, I do have a level on my Patreon group. So if you go to uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash safety consultant, the very top tier of the Patreon group is set up for me helping you grow your business and market your business. So part of that is having an area where you can hold your own events, tickets and everything else. So uh, if, and I only have three spaces for that one. So if you want to be one of the three people that I work with to help you with these events, then go to patreon.com backslash safety consultant and I'll work with you on that one. All right. So thank you for uh, listening this week. And I hope that you are going to really consider what you have to do socially responsible to make sure that people that are going to come to your event will stay safe. All right. So thanks a lot for all that you're doing and helping me with this podcast. So go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.